934 in your pew Bible, or you can follow along on the screen. And I'm going to actually even read the verse prior, the very end of verse 12. It won't be on the screen. I'm going to start there. Why do we as Jesus followers do anything? And I will show you a still more excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, and the greatest of these is love. Gracious God, may your written word in the power of your spirit, truly penetrate into our lives, to our life together, to our lives wherever you send us, so that all we are, all that we do, will be maturing in accordance with your love. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. This passage, probably one of the most well-known of the biblical passages because it's read at almost every wedding that we attend, which is good, but it can often lose some of its real strength and import when we take it out of the context of what Paul is trying to do in, in 1 Corinthians. But he clearly answers our question, why do we do anything? We do anything and everything out of the love of God. 
That is the goal of our journey. Jesus said the same thing, I mean, right? When he was asked, what is the greatest commandment? And this was before the days of Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, Jesus, right there, he tweeted for us. The essence of the New Testament. You had to put a, a status for the New Testament. This is it. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Paul brings this absolute core conviction, this, this singular pursuit to our attention that everything, anything we do as followers of Jesus is to be living out the very love of God. Just take a step back and, and remember what's going on in Corinth in, in these days and, and what brings this about the, to, in Paul's letter to the church at Corinth. They had been giving value to certain religious expressions, spiritual accomplishments, and they had somehow given a hierarchy. And what had happened in Corinth, and we'll talk about it even a little more next week, was that tongues, the speaking of tongues, uh, when, when people would be so caught up in the moment, in the, the spiritual power of the moment, that they would speak in a, a language that was uh, not understandable by others in, in the, the fervor of the Spirit. And Paul doesn't say that that's wrong or bad or anything. But in Corinth, that had sort of become the greatest expression of spirituality, a sign of their maturity. And then the other gifts had sort of followed along. And, and Paul is correcting that error. The whole discussion about spiritual gifts and spiritual accomplishments are secondary. Or actually, they're just in a different league. They're, 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 they're in a, a totally different plane of existence, a totally different field to this singular pursuit of being a people characterized by the love of Jesus Christ. All other things of religious expression pale in comparison. If you, you look back, what I, I love what Paul does here is he puts it in first person. You know, he says, this, this is what this means to me, is, is he has walked with Jesus. He, he's, he's saying, this is how important it means that we be a people of love. That Paul's saying that I be a person characterized by the love of Jesus. And if I had to paraphrase this, if I, if I go on retreat and there see visions of God and, and see the, the future and receive the gift of peace that then comes upon me in a time of, of spiritual stupor, but I don't have love then I've seen nothing. If I preach a sermon 
A sermon that, that draws you into the depth of your being. Leads you to, to tears of depth of emotion. Gives you an aha of, of spiritual insight. But have not love. I have said no good word. If, if I were to, to, to lead a church to, to great growth with multiple satellites throughout the tri-state region. But have not love. I have built nothing. If we become a, a, a center of, of church-based, Christ-centered, urban renewal in every social way, in, in every real way, in every spiritual way, to where people from all over the, the nation and the world are gathering to, to learn and to grow how to become a church-based center of urban renewal. But if we have not love, then we have renewed nothing. If we become the, the locus of, of justice, the, the locus of, of provision, the very central place where all around have their, their provisions, their needs met, that, that we mortgage our homes two, three times over, Cash in our retirements together in order to, to feed all that are around us. But we have not love. Then we have not fed a person. That's how I read those first three and four verses of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It's what Paul is presenting to us. Why, why I read the very end of chapter 12 where he says, here is the most excellent way. Here is the way that is beyond comparison. Here is the way that puts everything else to shame. Here is the way that if it is not here, if, if this is not true of you, then everything else that is done is nothing. He doesn't just say, well, it's a little less than it should be. Falls a little short. Says nothing. This, this pursuit, this growth within us, with all of Jesus' followers of being lovers according to the way of Jesus, is the eternal, singular pursuit of God. When I play basketball, which is not a thing of beauty, frequently I will say on the basketball court there are no style points. No, of which I'm very thankful. The only thing that matters is if the ball goes in the hoop. It's the only way you score. And in a way, that's what Paul is telling us here. In the, the, the eternal realm, the eternal perspective of what God values of what God is doing in and through us, is this, this is what matters. You know, dribbling and passing and rebounding are all important. They, they're a part of the game, but you don't score a single point. Now, we don't score points from loving with God, but what God is saying 
that this is his purpose in us. This is the work of the Spirit. And, and he's telling the church in Corinth all the other things that we can spend our time and energy, all the other accomplishments we can pursue, which aren't bad, they're, they're good. He even tells them, you know, pursue them. But they pale in comparison. They are in, in no comparison to this pursuit of the way of the love of Jesus. In the end, it is the only thing that counts. All of our earthly accomplishments, grand and great as they are, really, I mean, come on, think about it. They're really rather minuscule in the eyes of God. I mean, the one that created everything that is simply by speaking it into being, has formed out of the chaos and order. And what he is telling us, what, what he values, what he is doing, what he wants in us, a, not even in, in comparison to anything else, is for us to be growing in the love of Christ. This is to be what is the significant work of God in us as followers of Jesus. And... How wonderful it was Tuesday night and the days after when in here there, this place was packed and the fellowship hall was packed. And when you count all that were here for the opera goes to church event, probably seven, eight hundred people who, who were here. And the event went wonderfully. I mean, it was excellent. There was a time in in one of the songs that spiritually I was carried to another place. I was here with 800 people all by myself and Jesus. But as I was reflecting on this passage and filtering through all the different things that I'd heard, this one piece of the story, I think... It's exactly what Paul is telling us here is significant to God. See, before the event, I know there was at least one call to Cincinnati Opera about, now why are you going to that church? Because, you know, Cincinnati Opera is in the arts. It's a secular organization. And one of the things that many people know about the history of this particular church is around the issue of sexuality human sexuality, in particular homosexuality, and the desire that we have to lead folks into the way that God designed us to express our sexuality, which does not include homosexual behavior. Cincinnati Opera got at least one call saying, why are you going there? Because don't you know what they teach there about that? great flip was that at the end of the day the staff of Cincinnati Opera and this is Chris Miller did a brilliant job of pairing up somebody from the church with somebody from Cincinnati Opera to be a host to be a, a carrier of God's love to everyone that entered 
And the, the resounding response of the staff of Cincinnati Opera was that the great the thing, one of the things that made this most unique for them was working so closely to a particular group, not only this church, but other churches in the community. And being able to serve alongside them in the ways of love. If it was simply opening a door, if it was simply saying welcome, if it was caring for the folks that were especially in the fellowship hall, and then afterwards during the ice cream social, where all the folks in the church simply were in a simple way trying to demonstrate the love of Christ in them. In God's eyes, the event could have been packed. As it was, the event could have been excellent musically. But it was. Organized wonderfully, which it was. But meant nothing if we hadn't had love. That's the witness of God in the world through us. The very thing that God valued at work in us. Now we've got another one. Just a couple weeks. The block party. Uh, One where folks from the community... Hundreds of folks in the community will be coming by in a couple weeks. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, the first. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of August. And they'll be coming for music, for food, for hanging around here on those three nights. And now it's our time to to bring out the red carpet again. To, To be an army of God's love in simple ways. And so... This is what I challenge each one of you, each one of us, to do on the week of the block party. If you're not already giving yourself and volunteering with the food or the music or those kind of things, show up for one hour during those three nights. Just one hour of the three nights. Not three hours, not one hour each night, but just one hour. And during that one hour... I want you to meet four people you don't know. Just introduce yourself. Say you're, you're a part of the, the church here in College Hill. You don't even have to tell them you're part of this particular church. That you're just the part of the church. And that your crazy pastor has challenged us to come out and meet people we didn't know and ask them, is there anything that when I pray tonight I can pray for you about? That's it. Now, if they look at you funny and run away, that's okay. You can even count them as one of your, one of your people. Because what matters is that you're acting out, you're stepping out beyond your comfort zone in that love of Christ. In a simple way. Just being hospitable in the way that is the, the church we can that other places can't. Where we can lift up their needs, their name before our loving Creator. So it's in two weeks. That's the challenge. And now for the next 12 days, uh, starting today and through the end of the block party, that we together would be praying, God, do your work in us. We don't become loving because we try harder. Uh, It just doesn't work. 
We become loving because we surrender to God and He works through us in His miraculous ways. Matter of fact, those are the kind of testimonies that are even the greatest of all. Is when we stand up and say, let me tell you how God has healed me and made me more loving. So these next 12 days, so two things. We will be in prayer through 1 Corinthians 13. That this will be true. That we will, we will exhibit the patience and the kindness of God. We will not be rude. We will not be irritable. Just like God isn't. That we will rejoice in what is true. As Paul outlines what this love is. So next 12 days, be in prayer. And then one hour during the block party. Ask one person every 15 minutes. If you need to spread it out. It just, for some of us, I know, it takes a lot of energy. But that's the. But I figure there's a hundred of us that'll be involved behind the scenes, and then there's another three hundred that'll be out there. So if we each have four, then we'll easily have the thousand people covered who show up, so that every single person that comes on the the, the church parking lot will have at least one person ask their name, say their name, say, "Is there any way that I can pray for you tonight?" Because that's what my crazy pastor wants us to do. Lay all the blame on me. Why do we do anything? Because of the unbelievable love of God who sent His Son to die for us, to rescue us from our sin, who now in His Spirit fills us so that we have the privilege of sharing His love with others. Amen. Now as we continue to worship God, we offer ourselves through prayer, through reaching out to others, through what, puts, what we put in the plate, through as what we've been singing. We give it all to our God.
Thank you, Penny and Colleen, Rebecca and Mitch. Thank you. Let's uh, continue in uh, prayer together. Father, we come before you knowing that you continue to tear down the walls just as you did in the days of Joshua. You do in us. You, you tear down those, those walls within us that hinder us from loving you with all that we have and loving our neighbors as ourselves. So we, again, give ourselves to you for your transforming power to be at work. We take this time, Lord, and in... We lift up before you those in our midst in need of your healing hand. We particularly pray for all the the families who lost loved ones in Oslo this week. It's such a, a tragic, evil act. We pray for those families just as we pray for Andres who... Who did it? Your, your love knows no bounds. We love the victim, the oppressed, and we love the oppressor. You call us to even love our enemies. For you loved us and love us in the midst of our own sin. Uh, we, we pray for your hand of healing, your hand of, of, of comfort. We pray particularly for our brothers and sisters, Christ, who are in Oslo, that they would be a witness unto you in the midst of such tragedy. Gracious God, we continue as well to lift up one um, another uh, unto you in our midst. We pray particularly for those who are looking for work. We know that you have gifted them in particular ways and they are waiting upon you to, to lead them to the place where they can serve you in the, with the work of their hands and their mind. Continue to uh, lift up to you, Bob Worth. Pray your hand upon him at hospice. Continue to uh, lift up before you in, in thanksgiving. The opera goes to church event, and as we lift up to you, backyard Bible camps that are going on, as we lift up before you the upcoming block party, Lord, we pray that, that you will continue to teach and form us. You will use these to continue to lead us in the ways of love. That these will be valuable in your sight. Because in the midst of them, we have the love that comes from Christ flowing through us. We pray, Lord, that these gifts that you've given us, those that are in the plate and those that can't fit in it, that, Lord, you would, again, use them for your, your glory to truly be signs of your love in our world. Lord, we pray together in one voice, indeed, that we would be that that church without walls. Dear God, 
Make us into your community for your glory. Connect us in Jesus, no matter our differences. Lead us to serve the world like Jesus, no matter the cost. Help us to celebrate you, no matter the circumstances. We need you, Holy Spirit, to empower us for greater works than Jesus. Amen.